Hey, it's Dave Torres, real, real estate agent. So it's just a couple of agents that will sit around and talk about actual, honest to God, like real estate stuff, not the you know fancy that everybody else seems to talk about. So Eric Orland, how are you? Yeah, here in the flesh. I'm feeling good, buddy. It's really good to see you. Good. I always enjoy the time that we share. Yeah, likewise, likewise. So we were we were catching up before uh, we hit the record button. And uh, where are you at? Living here in Puerto Rico. So I mm -hmm. moved here in March with great apprehension. I was like, I don't speak, you know. So I date a woman who's Venezuelan. And Dave, in four years dating, I learned five words. You ready? Yep. Pacino. Okay. Cayete. Tranquilo. Okay. Vestidio and ya. Sh and be quiet, you <laughs> So that was pretty much it. So that was, that's what I took away in four years of dating. <laughs> So, and hopefully she's saying that to you, not you to her. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So um, I moved here in March uh, for tax benefits. It's 4% if you spend six months in a day here. Cool. And learning to love it here, buddy. You know, I was just yeah. saying to you that um, live in a beautiful, beautiful resort. Uh, truth be told, once you leave the resort, you quickly recognize that you are not in the mainland. It's like being in an eighth world country. But yeah. uh, love this Caribbean island. It's so beautiful. And if the country ever really gets their shit together, I believe it's going to be one of the beautiful destinations for people to travel to. Because it really, the topography here is unbelievable. And yeah. as a matter of fact, my son is visiting me for um, a month. He's here. He, he was a, he's a junior at Syracuse University in upstate New York. So I got him for the entire month. It's just been a blessing having him here. It's my one and only, the love of my life. That's cool. And uh, this weekend, I took him to an island off of the mainland called Calibra. Oh, yeah. You may have seen it on Facebook. I did. Oh, dude, it's gorgeous, man. Yeah. Natural beauty. So we went hiking, we went snorkeling. It was just amazing. So I'm liking it here. Um, but, you know, I think six months in a day is pretty much, that's about it. And then uh, I'll do a good deal of traveling. Yeah. And as I just mentioned to you, I'm leaving for Madrid on Sunday. I'll spend that, rented a beautiful apartment in the middle of Madrid in an area called Salamanca. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's the beauty of being in this business and having a passive and residual income. But I get right. to work anywhere that I want to. So I'm putting together my bucket list for as long as I could possibly travel. Each and every year, I'd like to take six weeks and get the hell away, right? Yeah. And just, yeah. you know, feel like Christopher Columbus, just going a going a exploration. What, the question I've got on that, and I'm, I'm sure that this is the question that other people are asking too, how are you able to do that? So, so you're in you, Puerto Rico and you're taking six weeks off. You're in real estate. Like, how do you yeah, do that? Great, great question. So, um, you know, one of the reasons I joined EXP was that it was the first brokerage that allowed an agent to go out there and create a passive income stream just like a broker. So an agent now has an amazing opportunity to transform their business from being so solely transactional to creating a passive income stream. The only difference is none of the negatives negatives or disadvantages of, of being a broker, meaning that I can build an organization, I can invite people to EXP without having any legal liability, no outlay of capital, and no management or, or no no management super or supervision responsibilities. Right. But at a traditional broker, how a brokerage gets paid, a broker gets paid is they get paid on the net income, right? Revenues minus all those damn expenses. They get paid on the net income that's derived from the one office. Where that, where that, from the one office in the one state where that brokerage operates, and they get paid in one level, one tier. In other words, if an agent works under that broker's roof or umbrella, 
the broker is going to take a small portion of yep. their production. The beauty of EXP is, you know, at EXP, we get paid in seven levels. So when I introduce somebody to EXP, I don't, again, manage, I don't supervise, I have no capital outlay, and I have no legal liability. But when I introduce somebody to EXP, not only do I get paid off of their production, but that person, Dave, is just like me, has the opportunity to introduce other agents to EXP, and in yep. essence, they become a recruiting arm for me. And it allows my organization to grow by having a system in place that's both duplicatable and, more importantly, leverageable. Yeah. So having been at EXP now for a little over three years, three years and a month, um, I've got an organization of over 2,000 people. So in essence, I have 2,000 people that are out there, boots in the ground, that are looking to grow their own organization. And as they grow, my organization grows simultaneously, which is the epitome of win-win. Right. So having a residual income allows me to take six weeks off, take the year off, do and whatever in, I want. And live in Puerto Rico. And live in Puerto Rico, six months in a day. So um, yeah, I could leave for six weeks. I could leave for 16 weeks or 26 weeks, as long as I spend 26 weeks in one day, you know, six months yep. in one day here in Puerto Rico, I qualify as a resident and I only pay 4% federal income tax. Yeah. Well, that doesn't when, and, and the other thing about revenue share with EXP, you know, and, and of course to, you know, disclaimer, uh, you know, so uh, this is not a recruiting podcast, you know, so anybody yeah. that's watching it, you know, it's not like, oh, you're going to do this. Um, but you know, it it bears mentioning the amazing part about the revenue share and the way that EXP de decided that they would build their brokerage um, is instead of having a recruiting division, you know, where they just have a bunch of guys that that's all they do is recruit, is that obviously they gave the choice to the agents to choose who they want to work with. And exactly. that was the thing that I thought was most amazing about it is that, um, you know, that that if I want to work with somebody, if I think they're a really great agent, um, I, I like them. They're nice. They're fun to be around. Well, great. Like I, I can, you know, invite them to come over here. And of course, you know, the benefits to to the agent. You know, uh, the splits are great. The technology is great. Um, you know, it's virtual, so I don't ever have to go into uh, the dreaded office meetings. <laughs> I don't know anybody that 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 doesn't like that. But in in turn, I think that the coolest part is is that. If you have somebody that says, hey, I want to do what you do, Eric, and, and you recruit them, then it's in your best interest to help them build their business too. Yeah, that's what I love about this, right? If you look at the traditional brokerage model, right? Envision somebody who works at a traditional brokerage model, right? And they're on what you call floor time. Let's say you've got two agents in floor time and a buyer comes through the front door, walks in the office and says, I want to buy a house. It's like, which poor son of a bitch is going to tackle that buyer first, Right. Right. At EXP, it's completely different. Again, I know that this is not about, this podcast isn't about recruiting. But what I love about this company is that David and Eric, and who is ever part of our organization, we're really the sum of all parts that are pulling together in the right direction for the reason that you mentioned, because the people that are part of my organization, the more successful they are, the more successful I am. So it behooves me to invest in whatever time, effort, and resources are necessary to help that person elevate. So- yeah. It's a whole different mindset. I get to come to work every day and work with people like yourself, people who I who I like, people who I trust, people where there's a commonality in terms of what our goals are. They're yep. very much aligned, and that I love. So I feel like, for me, you know, I don't ever feel like I'm selling EXP. I feel like I'm of service to people. My goal each and every day is to simply reach out, extend an olive branch, 
and to see if an agent is open-minded to simply compare what eXp is offering versus what they're receiving from their existing broker and make a determination what aligns with the direction they ultimately like to take their business. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. When I know in my personal uh, my personal circumstance, I was, uh, <laughs> uh, you, you know the story, um, you know, I was faced with a, I didn't have much of a decision. You know, I couldn't actually stay where I was because, you know, that just wasn't an option for me. Um, and, and I remember, uh, I remember that feeling too of, of looking at EXP and it was the craziest thing. Cause it's like, okay, well, I know that I have to make a decision. I don't have any choice. And then I, I looked at it and I was like, how long has this been around? You know, and, and, and of course, Sean Kokoska, you know, brought me to the company and, and so Sean was like, well, uh, they started up in 2009. It's like, I got licensed in 2008. Why, how come, how come I never knew about this? I, I didn't, because what what happened the first time that I looked at it is that it, it was way better than what I had. It was like leaps and bounds better than anything that I even thought that was out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, what I, I wasn't aware of it. Um, and so where I was at the previous brokerage, which the color there is red, but we'll just leave it at that. I, right. it, you know, I, I thought I had the best thing going. It's like, well, it was the best thing in the entire world. Um, yeah. And then I had an opportunity to look at it. And um, the crazy thing that I found in, in my recruiting efforts, um, you know, in, in helping agents to kind of just discover the potential that they have in, in their career and within themselves is that, you know, so many people are like, no, I'm not interested in looking at it. You know, I, I've got the best thing in the entire world. Um, but I also have found that as soon as somebody does say, okay, fine, I can be slightly open-minded about this for a moment. All it takes is about like that much. And they're like, well, that's way better than what I have. Exactly. I have no idea. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think it's amazing. So you're a coach too, aren't you? So I had started my, I didn't do a whole, I graduated UCLA in 19, it should have been 83, but I took my time. So I graduated in 84 and Dave, I didn't do a whole lot after college. I played beach volleyball. I lived right on the strand in Hermosa Beach. And my goal was to be a competitive beach volleyball player. I loved, loved being out in the sun, living on the beach and playing volleyball. And then, you know, as life would have it, you know, I was getting, I got engaged and was getting married at 30. I had a very wealthy aunt who supported me living on the beach in Hermosa and playing volleyball. And I had the most discouraging conversation with her. I was about to get married. It was two days before I was getting married. And she said to me, Eric, um, I've got some good news and some bad news I want to share with you. This is my aunt, by the way, is my beloved mentor. Mm-hmm. Very, very wealthy. And she said, um, the good news is I'm going to hand you a check for $20,000. This is back in 1990 as I was getting married. She said, I'm going to hand you a check for $20,000. And I went over, I gave her a big hug and kiss. And I said, that is my favorite aunt. I love you. She said, I hold on for a second. I don't know how happy you're going to be. I said, I said, what's about to come here? And she said, well, this $20,000 is the last amount of money I'm ever going to give you because I have been paralyzing you. I've been handicapping you for life. And I remember sliding the check back across the table and said, I don't want this money. This is evil money. I like it just the way it is, right? I want to be taken care of. But um, that wasn't an option anymore. So she gave me the $1,000 and she said to me, honey, I love you, smoke it away, drink it away, screw it away, do whatever you want to do. But this is the end of the line in terms of me financing your your lifestyle. So I did get into residential real estate. Um, 
without any skill set, Dave, right? I didn't do anything in my life. I didn't know what the hell I was going to do. I was 30 years old. I was marrying into a, a pretty prestigious family and I had no success. And my mother-in-law-to-be was a manager of a REMAX office. And she said to me, hey, Eric, have you ever thought about selling residential real estate? And I said, God, why would I want to do that? Isn't that a business for housewives? <laughs> <laughs> Chuckling and going, really, this is from a person that's never worked. Well, you know, there are two people in our community that are young men like you that make over a million dollars a year. Mm -hmm. So begrudgingly, I got into real estate really with the mindset, though, of not if I was going to be successful, but how successful I was going to be. And I was really willing at that juncture to swim through rivers or crawl over mountains, I had to have success because that's really what ultimately identifies us. And uh, my first year, I was top 15 at Remax in the state of California. So I really had blown away most of the sales records. Wow. And then, you know, so I got, I was, you know, I went from nothing to really bursting onto the scene. And then um, my ex-wife, who to this day is my very best friend, um, got a job to work for Bill Clinton. And she ran the SBA for all women-owned businesses in the United States, and then went over to run what's called the White House Women's Office. So Bill Clinton won in 1992. He lost control of Congress. The, the Republicans took control in 94, mm. and they had something called the Contract with America, if you remember Newt Gingrich. Yep, I remember. So my ex-wife was spearheaded to run the White House Women's Office, which was the vote of the soccer mom, which really pushed Bill Clinton over the top to winning in 2000 and in, in, in 1996, excuse me. Mm -hmm. So um, I moved back to DC to support her in her endeavors. And I had given up my real estate career. So I went from nothing to the limelight and then being thrusted back into oblivion because she was <laughs> now in the limelight and I, didn't uh, know what I was going to do with myself. Uh, <laughs> so um, to my surprise, I started simply sharing my success with other people right? How I built such a successful real estate business, sharing my scripts, teaching people how to isolate, handling, handle and overcoming objections, honoring my calendar, building a real estate team. And I started to coach realtors all over the country in a very different model than most real estate coaches. And I did this for a long time, took a little break. I was an investment banker for a couple of years with one of the most renowned investment banking firms and really came back to real estate to do what I do, love doing most. And that was coaching and training. Mm -hmm. And I had heard about EXP three years ago. Well, I'd actually heard about it two years prior to joining and, you know, really kind of poo-pooed it. It's a great story behind that. Um, but um, great <laughs> story behind that. Well, you have to, um, you'll have to tell it. Yeah, it's a funny story, but I got involved in EXP and it's been the best professional decision I've ever made. And like I said, I've been there three years and exactly a month and I love it. But um yeah, I've heard about EXP two years prior. My coaching model was I would go around the country and I had a 12 course seminar that I would always put on in a live setting. So I was living in airplanes and I never asked a realtor for a dime. My model was that I had nine offices. I owned the P&L at nine mortgage offices in California, Florida, Arizona, and Colorado. And my message to the realtors is I don't want your money. I want a relationship from you. And if I'm willing to work this hard to get on a plane, break my and give you the tools and systems to help you elevate your business, I hope that you'll help me elevate mine. Because if I'm willing to work this hard, how hard do you think my team will be? How hard do you think my team will work to close your clients' loans on time every time?
I never did a loan in my life, by the way, ever. I don't know how to do a loan, but I own the PL. So that was my model. And the beauty of my model is I never had to market myself. I would call up one of the five major title companies and say, I'm going to be in Denver next week. I need 50 people in a room. I'll coach all your realtors for free. And the title companies would build up. So cool. Um, I, um, I had heard about EXP two years prior to joining. I was looking at opening up a mortgage office in, um, in Texas, in Austin, Texas. And I mm -hmm. flew there to meet with this woman. And we go out to lunch and she said, I have somebody I'd like to introduce you to. So I walk into this restaurant and this person stands up and he says, my name is Kevin Cottrell. I said, hey, Kevin, my name's Eric Orland. How are you? I said, who are you with? He said, I am with EXP. I said, what the am I doing at this meeting? I'm doing <laughs> mortgage offices. Right. I said, and quite honestly, I'm really offended that I flew here to Austin to have lunch with you when this has nothing to do with mortgages. Mm -hmm. I said, rest assured, in this lifetime, I will never join EXP. You have wasted your time and my time. Kevin is now one of my closest friends. Mm -hmm. But that was my original reaction. But Kevin is the person who really recruited me to That's EXP. Cool. As life would have it, two years later, I fell in hard financial times. I made a really bad investment. And at 58, I lost everything. Everything did. Everything. <sighs> I remember, truth be told, I was dating. I was on a second date with my girlfriend at that time. I didn't have two pennies to rub together. And I remember saying to my girlfriend, I know this seems kind of weird. We just started dating, but I... I get the feeling we like each other. I said, can you find it in your heart to loan me $5,000? She said, are you crazy? What's wrong with you? Truthfully, that's exactly God. what happened. But she gave me the $5,000. It's the same time my son got into Syracuse University in upstate New York. It's a mm -hmm. private school. It's about 80000 a year. And I remember looking at him with tears rolling down my face saying, Jackson, I'm really embarrassed, but I can't afford to pay for your college. I didn't know how he was going to put a roof over my head for food on the table. So two years after this conversation with Kevin, Kevin kept on following up with me and, you know, I'm moving to Miami. We should take a walk together. I wasn't sure if he was gay or not, why he wanted to take a walk with me. So um, after, we may want to cut that. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fine. Believe it in. It's all good. So I, uh, here I was, 58, poor and destitute. And I call up Kevin. I said, Kevin, come over to the apartment. Irene and I, my girlfriend and I want to talk to you. Kevin walks in my apartment. You're going to love this story, David. And I said, all right, Kevin, I'm ready to join EXP. You know, very kind of like short and to the point. Kevin, I'm ready to, you know, take the dive into hell and join this company. Yeah. And I think Kevin was so nervous from our first interaction. He didn't know how to react to me. He's like, uh, uh, uh like beads of sweat were rolling <laughs> off his forehead. <laughs> right. What's going Kevin on? Said, <laughs> I said to me, I said to me, Kevin, I said, I want to sign a contract. Let's get this over with. And he goes, wait a minute. Before you sign a contract, I want you to talk. To Tim Harris and Sean Kokoska. I said, Who the f is Tim Harris and Sean Kokoska? I had no idea who they were. Yeah. I said, Eric, talk to them. I said, There's nothing, I don't need to talk. I'm ready to sign under you. And that night I jumped on the phone with Tim and Sean, and it was like a shit show for about 10 minutes. And I said, Guys, I said, This is really simple. We don't need to go down this path. I've already decided I'm going to join. Mm -hmm. Just get me the application. And Sean said to me, uh, 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 Can I be your sponsor? I said, I don't care who's my sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> that, of course, that of course uh, was very, very, very beneficial for Sean. I don't say that in a discouraging manner, but the reality is, you know, I've got 2,000 people in my group, which is now we're near Sean, yep. and that has made him, you know, significantly. Well, the lesson in that you know, is that, you know, the people that ask the question, 
get the sale. Yeah, I mean, to this day, I'll say to Kevin jokingly, you know, we're very good friends again. I'll often say to him, hey, Kevin, what's the single dumbest thing you ever done in your whole life? I go, dude, I still, to this day, I said to you, Kevin, I want to join. And you told me to go talk to Sean and Tim. And I'm like, why won't this guy sponsor me? Mm-hmm. So to this day, I always joke with Kevin, you know, that you, you in fact, should have been my sponsor, but uh, gave me, gave me to Sean. Yeah. Well, it still benefits him, though. That's the beautiful thing about, about the organization, yeah. you know, is yeah. that, you know, for him doing that, I mean, like, it, what did he lose? He didn't lose anything. He probably lost three or four levels. But I mean, yeah. he, he still benefits, though, absolutely, mm-hmm. from yeah. um, having stayed on top. And, you know, the message for me was the fortune is in the follow-up. That's yeah. what Kevin did really good. When I went back to Florida, he said, hey, I'm thinking about moving to Florida. We should get together. You know, I'd say, hey, you know, I take pictures in the morning of the sun rising, walk in the beach in Miami. He said, Eric, I really like doing that. Do you mind if I join you sometime? And we just built a relationship, a friendship, right? That's cool. And that led to me ultimately joining the XP. But yeah, really funny how life works sometimes. Oh yeah, without a doubt, without a doubt. When and the, the interesting thing too, um, and, and when I when I say this too, I'm not diminishing your story at all. I I've always thought that it's interesting that how um, like the the really high achievers, you know, the people that do like really amazing things, yeah. ooh, how low they go, you know, before all of a sudden it's like. You know, and I mean, it's like this, I don't even know how to describe it. Um, Cause I've been there too. You know, I mean, I, boo, you know, like meteoric failure, you know, just like crashed into the ocean, you know, terrible yeah. thing, you know, and now, um, you know, like what we were talking about before, I mean, I don't, I, I'm the last to say that I do anything in an amazing fashion, but I, I get on base consistently. So it's all, so it's all about brother, right? Get yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that that was the lesson that I learned too, you know, is that, um, you know, I, I was swinging for the fences for other people. That's the only reason why I ever did it. Like, watch this, you know, and then uh, I, I wasn't like Babe Ruth where I, where I had like an equal number of strikeouts to home runs. I mean, I just had a, a fantastic number of strikeouts. Um, and, and then when I decided to kind of like slow it down and then do things for me, then all of a sudden, like all of these things start happening, and it's you know kind of this I don't know, it's this wonderful thing. But you know, um, I'm going to say something. To you. One of the reasons I respect you so much, and I do, I hold you in such high regard, is that you oh, are so you. transparent, you're so honest, and you know I love the fact that you and I could keep it real between each other and talk about how we crash and burn, right? I was right. there years ago. If I'm being really authentic, you know, fuck, I didn't know how I was going to get up off the ground. Man. I was so poor, it almost like. No, I sometimes think that, you know, I'm spiritual. I feel like God just kind of like COVID hit. This is going to sound weird, Dave. Mm-hmm. And COVID hit at the perfect time, right? I got PPP money. I got unemployment money. And that allowed me to focus really single-mindedly on building out this amazing organization, take advantage of this amazing platform that Glenn Sanford gave us called EXP and allow mm-hmm. myself to dream and build something gigantic. But um, yeah, I mean, it's scary. I remember feeling like, I don't know, I was 58, how I was going to get up off the ground and be able to take care of my one and only son and being able to, you know, the fear of being 58 and being closer toward the end than the beginning of my life, certainly my career, how I was going to put it back together. And I'm just really thankful, really, really thankful. Yeah. We're talking about that because, you know, sometimes we feel that 
we're alone, that you know, we're the only one to experience that. But the reality is that it really is about, you know, people do experience hardship and they have a choice to make. Yep. They could either, you know, wail in their tears or they could come out swinging for the fences and not giving up. And I think, you know, being single-minded in terms of focused on your success and being persistent are qualities that are invaluable. Yeah, yeah. When I think the key to it, um, well, I mean, I'll tell you what I think that the key is. I think there are multiple keys. It's like keys on a key ring. You know, I mean, like people can just choose one. Mine was surrender. I don't know what the f going on. I don't know really how I got here. I don't know what's going to happen. But I do know this is the f I've been doing didn't work. Yeah. I give up. I give up. I don't know what to do. You know, and crazy part about that is that I'm al along with that surrender. I didn't even know people that could really point me in the right direction. Like I didn't know anybody. Right. And then all of a sudden these people just start showing up, you know, like, and, and, and I was listening to, you know, like the little tidbits that people had to say, and I'm like, Oh, okay. That seems to make sense. I'm like, okay. You know, and I kind of like start weaving this together and it's like, okay, I think I might have kind of an idea of what's going on now, but it was still the humility of understanding like, I don't know what the is going on. Like, I don't get it. Um, and um, I still don't know what the is going on. I mean, I, I think that that's something that's really important for me to say to me personally. Like, I, I got some stuff kind of dialed in. But not much. <laughs> yeah, not not much. And I think about what's going on right now, like in the real estate industry. And what you had just said, too, is that um there's always a way out you can all the, the the circumstance that's in front of people like right now isn't necessarily the circumstance that they have to live with going into the future yeah all they have to do is choose go that way you know or you know go the way that they have been going and continue to do the same things you know and then you know uh, maybe they'll be blessed with a meteoric failure, you know, and, and, and the hitting of the rock bottom and then, you know, explode into like all of this splendor. Like maybe that's what they have to do. I, I just think that it's important with what you shared that uh, it's just an, it, it's an example that it can be done. Yeah, I love that. I love how you describe that. You know, I know that you and I have worked with the same real estate coach, Kevin Yoder, who, hmm, I mean, does it get any better than Kevin Yoder? No. Come on, dude. You look at him and think, holy shit, he has it so dialed in. You know, I've learned so much. And, you know, the word that you use that really resonated for me, David, is humility, right? Just being, you know, having humility. My whole mindset, my whole mindset has shifted. You know, I used to be, take great pride in asking the right qualifying questions and I'm going to move this person. And today it's more about, it comes from here in my heart. It's yep. more about today being of service to people yep. and seeing if I could extend the olive branch and I'm able to educate them about a platform that may in fact be better for themselves and their family. Yeah. So I really, again, you know, and part of this probably comes from, again, you and I having the same coaching, coaching Kevin Yoder, but, you know, my whole mindset has really shifted. It's not about using people. It's about increasing, making everybody you come in contact with feel better about themselves. It's yeah. about really having a positive mindset and making sure that I have a high level of, you know, self-image 
and are yeah. consistently kind. So yeah, I think that that's that's kind of what drives the boat today. Yeah, and yeah. Sometimes I look back and think, two thousand. How did this happen? You know, how did it happen? And I think it happened because I think there was a shift in me. Yeah, well, Steve, it's true. And and Steve Jobs says this or said this. Um, I'll say says he's still out there somewhere. Yeah, he's, he's still there. out there somewhere. Yeah. Um, you can only connect the dots looking backwards. So looking into the past, then you can connect the dots. Like, and and I've done that. I've connected the dots while I I, you know, uh, have reflected on on the past, and mm -hmm. it's fucking crazy. <laughs> it's crazy because when you do that, like you can see it. I mean, like I get goosebumps. I have goosebumps right now. Like you can actually see like how all of this stuff came together, and you know. And, and and every single day, my choice is this, is that do I, do I choose to take control uh, and take credit for all the stuff that I'm going to do? Or uh, do I choose to, to give away what, what I know and what I have? Mm -hmm. I mean, though, and, and maybe other people's choices are different than that, but those are mine. And I know that when, when I give up control and when I give up taking credit and, and I, I focus on increase, you know, like, what could I do to make this situation or in my perception anyway, what can I, what can I do to, to help this person or what is it that they're lacking that I can give them? I, um, and this to, to be quite transparent about this, I didn't start doing that consistently and, uh, consciously until probably about a year ago. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Same here. Uh, Oh, right on. We're on the same track, man. Um, I didn't dream before then. So this, this is just kind of an interesting observation. Like I didn't dream. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, I, I would always think that that's kind of interesting because I remember when I was a kid, I would dream, you know, I'm like, oh, okay, like I had these dreams, like they didn't make any sense, but I had a dream. So that was good. Right. And then I went through like this 20 year period of my life where I didn't dream. Mm -hmm. And then I started focusing on increase you know, and being of service to other people, what can I add to their life? Um, and it doesn't even matter who it is, you know, I mean, some, sometimes it, it's Donna, my wife. She might be the only person that I come in contact with in that particular day. Okay, well, what can I do to add increase into her life? And so I started doing that about a year ago and I started dreaming again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And- Awesome, isn't it? It's crazy. Mm -hmm. and, and, and the dreams that I have, um, is the way that I look at uh, the way that I've always, well, not always, but in, in my adult life, the way that I've looked at dreams is, you know, first from, you know, sort of like the, uh, like, like a cementatious, like clinical view of dreams, you know, your subconscious reorganizing all the thoughts and categorizing, um, you know, so there's that, you know, plus, uh, I, I think like a really strong, um, you know, sprinkling of, of divinity. I think that there's a reason why I have why I have those types of dreams and the dreams that I have now. I mean, they're like they're happy, they're wonderful. You know, all these great things are. I don't like. I'm not going to belabor the point, but it's just an interesting thing that you know when when I started taking the focus on what do I get out of this, how do I benefit, and and put it back on how do how do I help this person in the best way that I know how, how do I increase you know whatever it is that they're after, 
then all of a sudden I start, uh, you know, I start getting all sorts of different types of benefits from it. Um, right. I, and I'm a happy today. It's a good way to live, huh? I like it. Yeah. yeah. I went, I didn't used to live like that. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I did either. I think you could either live with resentment or, or anger, or you could embrace being happy and kind. Yeah. And I think that what I'm learning more and more every day is that a lot of people who choose to live in a place of anger or discontent is they're almost more comfortable being uncomfortable, right? Yep. And it's often just about a choice. It's a lot easier to find the positive attributes in somebody than to looking at the to looking under a microscope and trying to find the faults or their or the character defects. And I just choose to look at it you know, differently today. Yeah. What I feel is that when I'm out there pointing the finger at somebody else, typically I don't like what's going on with me. Right. <laughs> So, you know, I don't have to point the finger at anybody anymore. So, um, so anytime you're like, you rap, you know, it's like, it's oh, wait, right. they're like, oh, I'm saying that, I'm saying that oh, about dude, me. Driving in a car with me used to be a, I mean, very rarely today, but, you know, I would find a reasoning fight with everybody on the road. It was all their fault, you know, and, you know, it's just, it's just, you know, it's a yeah. lot easier to wear a smile and. And you know, say hello to somebody. So that's yeah. Kind of my, is that, and I think it's helped me in my business, feeling you know, approaching business that way. Oh, without a doubt. Well, that's a it's a vibe that people they just they can smell it, man. Right? I mean, they they can they can feel it. They can they can smell it. I mean, like when you're around people like that, you can't help but you know. I've had this happen too. I'll have an interaction with somebody. And it's not a particularly like uh, uh, you know rememberable type of interaction. You know, it could just be like I, I bump into somebody in the grocery store. Yeah. You know, and and they say, "Oh, excuse me," you know, nice little old lady. You know, like, "Oh, okay, that's cool." And and I'll I'll be with Donna or something, and I'll turn and I'll look at her, and I'm like, I don't know why, but I really like that lady. <laughs> I talked to her for like two seconds. Yeah. How, how how the hell can I make that type of a determination? And that's what you're talking about, in my opinion. Yeah. You know, is yeah. that exactly. you know, yeah, when you live like that, I mean people it, you just just radiate, you know, like it it, it it's uh it's magnetic. I mean, people can't help but be attracted to that type of thing because I've I've met a couple of people that you can tell that they like being pissed. They like it, like what you're talking about with comfortable being uncomfortable. They like it, it's their oh, comfort yeah. blanket. Those guys are pretty I was rare. that guy not that long ago. Do you remember, <laughs> dude, do you remember, you're going to laugh. Do you remember the person who spearheaded our group? I won't mention names. Tim yep. Harris, but I'm not going to mention names. Yeah. Do you remember that Tim and I once got in a fight on a strand and how I went after him? Oh, yeah, I remember vividly. Yeah. I mean, I went after him with such venom. And I look back on that. I looked at that text the other day. And, you know, Tim's got a very strong personality. He loves vociferating, you know, and... Mm. I was not that guy that you would approach and try to vociferate because I, you know, I not only would I punch you in the mouth, but I try to gouge out your eyes at the same time. Yeah. And I, I looked at that text the other day and thought it was so venomous. It was so angry. It was so filled with hate. And I thought, man, is that really how I want to live in the world? Is that how I want to model how I want my life to be with my kid? And, you know, I'm not that person anymore. Yeah. And you know, it's really funny. The people that, I had had resentments for, I could usually find 
nice qualities about all of them. I mean, today, Tim's a friend of mine. I really respect him for many of his strong attributes. Yeah. And, and, you know, I don't find a lot of resentment or fault with people. I find I choose to look at the good. And I guess, again, I'll, I'll praise Kevin Yoder, you know, found Yoder as a, as a, as a personal growth coach. And I've learned so much from him. And, you know, I approach each and every day with that mindset today to look yeah. for the beauty in others and to increase them. And, you know, how I interact, come from a place of increasing and um, yeah, it's changed my life. Yeah. Well, what you're talking about too, um, yeah, well, what we're talking about, uh, I, I believe is the fundamental of sales, not the fundamentals. It is the fundamental yeah. um, because <laughs> I know you've run into this when you were selling. I, I just ran into this here a couple of days ago, I showed a property to some people. And the first thought that I had, you know, it was like, holy f <laughs> would you guys just stop? Just stop with all of this, you know, because they're like, well, um, you know, this house is perfect. It's got the right number of bedrooms. I like the layout. It's got the right number of bathrooms. Uh, it's in the right area. We like this. You know, we like the school system. Look at this backyard. It's fantastic. We, But what the hell were they thinking when they painted this place? You know, I'm like, <laughs> okay, our inventory is crazy low. You know, and, and anytime I talk to the clients, you know, they, they go in with a full understanding of the market. Um, and even if they watch this podcast, they know, you know, because we talked about it. Um, so everybody goes in understanding low inventory, still pretty competitive up here, um, believe it or not, you know, with our, you know, less than a million people in the entire state. It's like, how competitive could it be? Everybody's moving here. Yeah. Everybody. Um, and I. Uh, so I, my first reaction, even at that point, I was like, oh, come on. And then, so first thought, I cannot be responsible for. It's my first action that I can be, but not my first thought. Because I'm still a wild animal. Like, I can't control that. But, but my first action. To, you, you learn how to respond and not react. And I think is what you're saying, right? You learn how to respond yeah. without a yep. reaction. Yeah, yep. I, think I think I've grown that way as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, and so this was the question. Um, and I would encourage anybody when they find themselves in this situation to just ask this this question. Okay. So first there's a question that happens internally. How can I be helpful to this person? Mm -hmm. You know, like, ooh, this is a bad situation. How can I be helpful? And so then this was the question that I asked them. So the question, you know, Mr. or Mrs. Client, it's really simple. Okay. Right number of beds and baths, right? Yep. You like the area. Yep. You like the school. Yep. You like the yard. Yep. You even mentioned you kind of even like the neighbors. You know, they just kind of had the, the right vibe, you know, when you when you saw them. Are you willing to let that go because they did a crappy job painting the house? Or do you just want to go ahead and make an offer, repaint it later? And yeah, they were like, yeah, okay. I didn't have to say like, you guys are being crazy. You're being crazy. I don't have to say any of that. You know, I just asked the question and they came to the answer by themselves and they were like, yeah, I guess that'd be kind of nuts if we let it go over, over how bad a job they did paint them. Like, yeah, I'm with you. Plus I know this really great painter. He's super cheap. Uh, it does really good work. I'll put you in contact with him a couple of days before we close so you can call, get something on the book. So probably have it painted before you even move your furniture in. They were like, oh, those were the great. 
So just a little added increase. And when I operate like that, it's interesting how many more sales I get. Right. And I didn't really do anything except just control how I feel about it. You, you focused more on the connection than anything else, just connecting with them and understanding and asking questions. And yeah, that's, that's kind of like yeah. my, my mindset as well. Yeah, yeah. Now, I I think that it's important. Um, so if you were going to give, this is one of my most favorite questions. So if you were going to- I'm going to take off my sweatshirt. Yeah, yeah, sorry. yeah you're getting ready. I'm warming ready. up now. Now I'm warming up. Uh-huh. If, if, you, if you had one piece of advice to give an agent who's kind of, I'll just say suffering, you know, sales are down, things might not be going the way that they think that they should be going. What would you tell them? Tell them you never fail at anything until you ultimately quit. If you want to have massive success, take massive action. The more action you take, it's more opportunities. It's like swinging a baseball, right? If somebody throws 100 pitches, you have a lot of better chance of hitting the ball than if someone throws three pitches. So to me, it's all about, it's all about taking action. And it's a sidebar, but really honing your skill set. So when you do take action, you're in a position to really knock the ball over the fence. Nice. I love your baseball analogy too. Oh, I know you're a baseball fan, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Where the hell did you come up with the Oakland A's, by the way? Why uh, the that, A's? That, that is, uh, so my wife is originally from Alameda um, in okay. the San Francisco beautiful, Bay. Beautiful, beautiful area. Yeah, uh -huh. yeah. And uh, um, so when I married her, I became an A's fan. Yeah, that's kind of yeah. how that stuff works. You know, it, yeah. actually, I take that back because um, I I, uh, I actually was an A's fan all the way back in the days of Conseco. Oh, um, my my friend, um, uh, my friend Ryan, very good friends. Uh, he actually lives in the same town now. I need to connect with him now that I'm thinking about it. But uh, I, uh, he was a big A's fan and I was a Yankees fan. And I was a Yankees fan only because... I really like the colors, honestly. And they had like great, like, you know, this rich baseball heritage. And I was like, that's, that's, that's the team, team for me. That's my yeah. team. The Yankees. Yep. Yep. I love, love Yankees. You know, I, I like, I, this is, this will, this will get me fried by the A's fans. I still like watching the Yankees. I, I like watching baseball, period. It's just I fun. Do. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, yeah. we're one of the few people that feel that way because today's generation, right? The young kids of today, they find baseball boring. I think it brings us back to our roots. It's something very traditional about the sport. And of course, the Yankees have won 23, 23 world championships. Something like that. 27, I forget. 23 or 27, more than any other team in baseball. But yeah, I love watching the Yankees as well. And I'm really, I am really in amazement about Stevie Cohn, the new owner of the New York Mets. Have mm -hmm. you seen what he's doing? I have not. Hi. David, this is crazy. So, you know, in baseball, you're allowed to spend a certain amount of money on players. And then if you go over that allotment, you pay what's called a luxury tax, right? And the reason that Major League Baseball has implemented that is to ensure a, a playing field. Mm -hmm. So there's a gentleman who just bought the New, uh, New York Mets. His name is Stephen Cohen. It goes by Stevie Cohen. He's a trader on Wall Street. He's a, he's a, he runs a hedge fund, 72-point asset management. The most amount of money ever spent by a major league club was about $230, $240 million last year by the LA Dodgers. 
Stevie Cohn this year has spent $360 million on the New York Mets. He is going to pay a luxury tax of almost $100 million. But what I love about this is intentions. It was very clear from the moment that he bought the New York Mets that he was never going to compromise, that he was absolutely going to win a world championship. And it was no longer wow. about New York's other team, the Yankees, but the Mets are freaking here. And yeah. he has steamrolled. And, you know, I'm not saying go out there and steamroll people, but I'm saying that this man was very clear about his intentions. This man manifested that he was going to win a World Series ring, and I'd be shocked if the Mets were not in the hunt of it this year with all the all of the talent that they've accumulated. I'm going to I'm going to watch them. That would be so amazing. That would be mind blowing. I I love I love hearing that, too, because. (laughs) If people would just do that. You know, like this is the one thing. Here's the one thing. This is really important to me. You know, and then and then decide, um, which is my favorite. It's my favorite word. Decide. Uh, I won't get into all of the, you know, like uh, history and linguistics of the word, you know, but I mean, it's, you know, homicide, suicide, genocide, you know, like whatever, all the sides like it, it, it is to. it, It severs. So decide is to sever. So take all of your decisions all the other ones that you have and throw them away yeah. and you have one. That's right. <laughs> yeah. That's right. I, if I was going to give anybody any advice, that's the one thing that I would say, you know, burn, burn your ships yeah. Cortez style. Yeah. You know, Hey, we're so here we... in America. We're going to go do some exploring. This is going to be a lot of fun guys. This is, you know, like, I'm so excited that you're here. We're going to learn all these things and see, see amazing things. And somebody like turns around and they're like, the ships are on fire. And, and Cortez says, yeah, I know. <laughs> so if you were to decide, what have you decided? I know what I've decided. What have you decided? What are you um, absolutely intent on? So um, there, there are, 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 uh, there are three, there are three core aspects of my life that I've made decisions on. They're all harmonious. They all get me. The The ultimate decision is this, is that I will be the best version of me that I can be, which I know that sounds pretty vacuous. Um, it is a little bit vacuous because I don't know what my limitations are. I haven't quite discovered them yet. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think that anybody fully does really discover their limitations until they, you know, till they're, till they're out, till God yeah. takes them home. Um, so, I want to be the best version of, of of me that I know how to be, and the three the three aspects are 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 in this is that, um, <laughs> uh, as you know, I'm a recovering alcoholic, um, and there was a, a you know fairly significant amount of relationship damage that I did, um, you know, the first ten years of my marriage, which I I'm so thankful to my wife that she didn't leave. Uh, the the first decision is this is that i i'm going to i'm going to build that relationship to the best relationship that i can ever even imagine that 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 is a focal point for me um along with that comes you know the the whole decision tree 
Um, I know what that looks like. And that looks like me spending more time with her, um, being more present, uh, being there uh, and aware, um, you know, that uh, uh, that there are certain things that she requires and desires out of this relationship, and I will be there to give it to her. Mm -hmm. um, uh, the, the second one, as far as business is concerned, is that uh, I'm not a team leader. I dissolved my team. Um, so I, I, uh, I had a successful team. We made a lot of money. It was really great. I'm not a team leader, you know, just didn't, it didn't speak to my spirit and to my being. Um, mm -hmm. and so the, uh, on the transactional side of things, you know, I'm cutting my transactions way down, but I've, I've decided that, uh, I will close 50 transactions in 2023 at a, at a sales price, no less than 750,000. That's the decision. So. Um, and the third decision is this, is that um, at the end of the year, I will, I will help to encourage and elevate 100 real estate agents into the next level of their career by joining EXP. I love it. That's it. So, um, and that all focuses just on uh, the, the, ultimate, the ultimate decision uh, that I've made is that I, <laughs> I, I'm tired of putting vacations off. Mm. And that's important to my wife. Mm -hmm. uh, we put vacations off, we put traveling off, and it's because you know been like so like into this thing. And I know this from talking to a few of my clients that have passed away here recently, and I've been blessed with an opportunity to spend some of the last moments that they've had on Earth with them. Which is, I mean, again, I, I'm just the realtor, but I became a lot more than that. When I implemented like the the whole the whole idea of adding increase to their life, and then all of a sudden here I am, and they're like, "Hey, by the way, I only have about three months to live. You, do you want to come over and have a cup of coffee?" And it's like, "You want to spend some of the last moments that you have on Earth with me?" Hmm. That's powerful. That is powerful. And what they told me, and a couple of them are quite wealthy. Um, Uh, it's easy to get emotional about that. Um, but it, they, they didn't, they never, they never even talked about the stuff that they had, the stuff that they, the money that they made, you know, the, they owned, you know, the properties and the cars, and the blah, 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 nothing like that. You know, what they were talking about was more of the existential meaning of being like an, an like a good human being, mm -hmm. you know, like. Hey, I got, I've got four kids. None of them went to prison. Pretty proud of that. They're all alive. They all got grandkids. I'm pretty proud of those guys too. You know, that that's the stuff they were talking about. And I know I'm going on a big diatribe here, but these are the things that, that I've just realized here most recently is that um, it, it being being a, a high producing real estate agent, um, you know, I mean, I, that's really good. What are you going to do with it? And that was the question that I asked to myself, you know, like, what am I going to do with all this stuff? You know, cause I've, I've been able to, I've been blessed with an accumulation of money. I've been blessed with an accumulation of real estate. I've come V. I, you know, I, that's pretty cool. Like I, I, that, that's like a childhood dream. Like I wanted one, I have one, like, that's crazy. But at the end of the day, you know, as I'm laying there like in the hospital bed or my deathbed or in hospice care or whatever it looks like, 
you know, do I care about the Humvee? No. Do I care about the money? No. Do I care about like, you know, the, I don't care about any of that. Like how, how's Donna? Are the relationships that I created in life, are they intact? Are they worthwhile? Will they grow? Will they flourish? You know, are, did I use my money to the best of my ability to, you know, leave an indelible mark that makes everything just a little bit better than it was before? <laughs> that's just, and, and that's the stuff ultimately how this all kind of distills back down into the vacation thing is that um i i uh i i want to have that type of a relationship that you know when you know the light goes out you know and i'm i'm no longer in this body that as i'm moving to wherever that is um you know that i i can go with great confidence and knowledge knowing like dude you did a fucking good job yeah it's something the best you could really. thanks for sharing that Thanks for sharing that. It's been an emotional week for me as well because, you know, I've, I also feel like I've been blessed in having a lot of material belongings now. You know, I've got 2,000 people in my organization. I'm really clear about what I want to accomplish in life. But the most meaningful thing for me is having, you know, my son here in Puerto Rico with me for the last month. You know, the fact that I get to spend time with him at 21 years old and he still wants to be close to his dad and they'll be snorkel together. I think that <laughs> Saturday is yeah, going to be... I think Saturday is going to be a really emotional day. It's when, you know, we drive to the airport together and he goes to one terminal and I go to the next. He flies back to college in Syracuse and I moved to Spain for a month and having to say goodbye, knowing that, you know, this summer he'll do an internship and the next summer he graduates and he'll get a job. And I don't know the next time in life, if there will ever be another time where I have a month's block of time where I get to be just in his company or he in each other's company for an extended period like that. So when you talk about what's important, I agree mm -hmm. with you. I think it's about the relationships that we have, the people that we hold near and dear. And if you're ever interested in taking a vacation, I want to let you know we'd open up our home for you here in Puerto Rico. We'd love to host you and your wife. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah, I would love that. Um, Puerto Rico is a, that's actually on our, our list of places to go. Um, and it's been a serious consideration on, uh, you know, I'm buying some property down there too, you know, just because that's, that's kind of the lifestyle that we, you know, that I think that we would enjoy. But of course, I have to go there first, you know, because I might, I might actually I'm show up and be like, ooh. I'm starting to think about buying property as well. What's amazing here is from Hurricane Maria five years ago, right? The island was decimated and there are tens of thousands of property that are still owned by the government. You could pick up houses for $5,000. So yeah, yeah, there's an amazing opportunity. And I really do believe so this was said to me by somebody else that one day the Puerto Rico is going to be, well, I've got a client, I've got a uh, traction call here coming up. Um, but um, somebody has once said to me that Puerto Rico is going to be the Morocco or the Monaco, excuse me, of um, Monte Carlo, Monte Carlo of the Caribbean. And I honest, honestly believe it. I think that there, that's a distinct possibility. Yeah, I believe it too. Yeah, it's interesting that you mentioned Monaco too, because I, I was doing some research on countries that don't have property tax. Yeah. Um, and so I've, I've been recently, you know, kind of eyeballing Monaco because they don't have any property tax and real estate wow. is actually significantly, uh, significantly less expensive than I thought it was. Yeah, you can get like a, um, you can get a, a fair size villa there, like, you know, three bed, two bath, you know, overlooks the ocean, you know, a little spot of land, you know, run the dogs around and stuff for like a million bucks. Wow. I thought it would have been way more than that. Right. Uh, yeah. And, 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 and I mean, when I say that too, I mean, it's like million bucks. I mean, it's still a million bucks, but yeah. you know, I would have figured 
they'd be like 10, but it's not. Right. Um, I mean, you, you never know. I don't know if you know this or not, but um, in Italy, they're giving away properties for nothing. If you come and move to Italy, you could, you know, CNN's been running reports on this, that there are several, not one, not two, but several cities within Italy that if you come and move there, they'll give you a property for zero. All you have to do is fix it up. And some of these properties are magnificent. So, wow. Yeah, I should look into that because uh, Sar- I know that they were doing that with Sardinia, the island of Sardinia off of, uh, yeah. I'd never come back, dude. I wouldn't either. No. <laughs> so I've got, I've got friends that, that um, so they go to Sardinia every year. And uh, I, so you've got two choices, really, you know, like when you're, when you're a tourist in Sardinia is that you can go to, um, I can't remember the name of the little coast there, but it's like a resort. That was super expensive. It was crazy expensive. Um, Corsica? Or, that might, I think that might be it. Um, I should, look, well, I won't look it up now. But uh, the other option, and this is what these guys do, is that you can stay with the locals. And they'll, they'll like, you know, cook up like, you know, I mean, like artisanal uh, cheeses and breads and, uh, you know, and like, you know, local, you know, local sheep and 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 beef and like all this stuff and and you can stay with them and then you can go to the next town and you can stay with the other family and you can go there and you can stay with the you know and and so that's what they do and so they have like this entire um like extended family in sardinia that when they go there um you know it, it's already planned the year before everybody knows who's showing up and um that's what they had said though is that uh, on on sardinia i mean their houses they've been vacant for you know and abandoned for 40 years and the government's just like, hey, do you want this? Like, no, seriously, do you want this? Like, here, just sign this contract. All you need to do is just fix it up. Not much, just enough. Well, you can have yeah. it. You got um, me thinking, I'm definitely going to make my way to Italy being in, in uh, Spain for a month. So uh, we'll see. Oh, yeah. Oh, ch- check out Sardinia. That's that's another bucket list Uh Another bucket list place that I want to go is Sardinia. Yeah, there are a lot of places I want to go. There's so much stuff to see. I mean, it's crazy when you think of like this, you know, the expanse of the universe. And here we are like spinning around in this ball of mud. And most people, you know, like most people never actually get to see the entire, you know, the entirety of the ball of mud. Yeah. They're just kind of like just stuck in our, our one area. Yeah, but um, we make that choice, right? That you and I were saying before the podcast that, you know, I think from now on, you know, I'm going to take six weeks every year and go see a different part of the world yeah that sounds great what i was going to suggest too i mean uh because you brought up something that i i think this is important um when you were like well i you know i don't i don't know when i'm going to see my son you know or or be able to spend a a month with my son well with your with your type of income makeup and how you derive your income it's a hell of a lot easier than it would have been if you're slinging houses that's true with without a doubt, I'm without a doubt. I'm just so thankful. I hope I can. I hope I keep it together Saturday morning. I had a, I had an emotional outburst yesterday morning. I called a mutual friend of ours, and I was a hot mess. Um, Been a hot but, mess is all right though, man. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah I, listen, it's keeping it real, right? Yeah, keeping it real. I've got, yeah. a, you know, I got a crazy love for my son, and you know, I just, I feel really lucky to have the type of relationship that I have with him. And, yeah. Yeah, I'm really going to miss him. It really struck home. I woke up yesterday morning feeling really kind of like blue that he's leaving Saturday morning. It's been amazing. Dude, he's 21 years old. He's out surf- surfing every day, yeah. working out, you know, but we cook at night together. And it's just, oh, it's been such an amazing month. You know, it's the greatest blessing out of all everything that I've been fortunate enough to accumulate. This has yeah. been probably the best 30 day stretch 
that I can imagine just being together, <laughs> loving, loving, loving my kid, you know, <laughs> that's, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah I, uh, you know, at, I'll just say this and it sounds so cliched. I, I, but it's true is better to have loved and lost than never to have loved at all. Yeah. And the cool thing is you're not, you're not even losing. No, 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 no. I was just having an emotional outburst, which is okay. You know, I just, you know, yeah. Yeah. Nice to be able to look at them and say, you know, I really love you, man. I love you in a way that, you know, I never imagined. I was really close to my parents growing up that, you know, you know, when I had my son, it was Eddie Gervich. They're blowing up my phone here. Um, guy, I so I'm so sorry, Dave. I've got a, a you need a bail. I do. Are we, you know, I really want to first of all thank you. I yeah, really thank always you. respected you and I've always enjoyed our dialogue. I just think you are a heart of gold, and I think you're one of the more transparent people you put out there the good, the bad, the ugly. You're not trying to dress things up, you're keeping it real. And I just yeah. I really want to thank you for I had a really nice time. This is really cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and that's one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on and 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 talk with you is that I feel the same way about you. You know, uh, I think a lot of times people in our industry, and I know you have to go, so I won't belabor this or or drag it out. A lot of times, uh, people in our industry, you know, look at people like you, you know, because you are iconic, truly. Um, and they say somebody like that would never talk to somebody like me. And I think that it, it it's I I think it's important that people understand that. You know, the people that are at the top, they're just like all the people, all the other people. You know, they just did a couple of things and 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 did it very well, made the decision to do these things, and now they're in the position that they are. But a lot of those people don't get interacted with in the same way that that other people do. And I've I've talked to a lot of people that are like iconic, that they're like, yeah, I mean, it's actually kind of lonely because you know, people think that I'm all this and I, you know, all that in a bag of chips and I'm just Dave or I'm just Eric, you know, sure would be yeah. nice if people treated me like yeah. that. My ex-wife, as I referenced her a couple of times, is really one of the people that I most respect in the world. And she used to say to me, and she still says to me, Eric, life is simple. People, people love and just want to be loved back. People love and just want to be loved back. And I think that, you know, that comes from being vulnerable and allowing yourself to be transparent. Yeah. I've never viewed myself as being anything other than ordinary. I think I've got lofty goals. But I think I'm really, you know, beneficial to have people like you in my life and being able to connect on a on a deeper level. The only thing I would have changed, the only thing I would have changed about today's call is I wish it was a little more X-rated. I really wanted to kind of let loose, but this was a great call. <laughs> That's awesome, man. I appreciate it. All right, I appreciate you, buddy. Yep, we'll good. talk again soon. Thank you. Bye bye. See ya.